0: Hello, I'm Daniel Davis, and you are listening to the Gospel Project for Adults weekly leader training podcast. This week we are on Unit 29, Session 4, titled, The Spirit Empowers. And as this is the conclusion of Unit 29, this is a doctrine session, focused on the doctrine of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christian. The Old Testament prophets promised a day when the Spirit of God would dwell in God's people. You can find such passages in Isaiah 44, 1 5 Ezekiel 3622 32 and Joel 228 32 Peter quoted the Joel 2 passage in his Pentecost sermon to justify the miracle the crowd was witnessing of hearing their own native languages being spoken by the Galilean disciples. Looking at Luke 4, verses 1 and 18, and Matthew 12:28, we see that Jesus modeled a life with the Spirit's presence and power. Furthermore, Jesus promised that the Spirit would come to us, and the church comprised of his disciples experienced this arrival at Pentecost in Acts 2. Today, the Holy Spirit continues to work through all believers, empowering them to live for Christ and assisting them as they proclaim the gospel to all nations. The Holy Spirit begins the work of salvation through the ministry of conviction, and then he continues by guiding the person toward truth and leading those who trust in Jesus Christ. In point 1, we see that the Holy Spirit convicts the world. In John chapters 14 through 17, commonly referred to as the upper room discourse, Jesus had the last extended teaching session with his disciples prior to his crucifixion. And during that time, Jesus taught a lot about the Holy Spirit. In John 16:7 through 11, we read about what the Spirit was sent here to do. First, it is important to note that the coming of the Holy Spirit is a benefit, not a downgrade. Foreshadowing His ascension after the crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus said that His coming, departure from the disciples, would be for their benefit, because His departure would be followed by the arrival of the Counselor, who is the Holy Spirit, according to John 14.26. The Holy Spirit picks up the work of Jesus after the ascension. That work, according to Jesus, is the work of conviction and not just for believers, but for the world, so that there would be more believers. The Spirit will convict people about sin, because apart from faith in Jesus, we cannot have a true sense of right and wrong, good and evil. Our conscience can help, but even that is tainted by the curse of sin and death. Plus, we as human beings don't even live up to the standard of our own consciences. As fallen human beings, as sinners, We don't have a good grasp of what is and is not sin. Nor do we grasp the gravity of our sin against our infinite and holy Creator. Therefore, we all need the Holy Spirit to convict us of sin. We also need the Holy Spirit to convict us about righteousness. The righteousness that sinners need for salvation and restoration with our Creator cannot be found within ourselves. We are tainted by the fall through and through. Our righteousness, according to Isaiah 64, 6, is like filthy rags. No, we need the righteousness that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And since He has gone to the Father, we need the Holy Spirit to show us our need for Jesus. Finally, the Holy Spirit convicts the world about judgment. Because of sin, we are bent on going throughout our lives as our own gods, believing we can determine for ourselves what is right and what is wrong. This is the path that Satan, the current and conditional ruler of the world, would have us take because it mirrors his path of rebellion against God. But the end of this path is death and hell. Therefore, we need to be convicted about the coming judgment against sinners that will mirror the judgment that has already been leveled against Satan. Either we are in Christ by faith, and saved to eternal life with Him by His perfect righteousness, or we are bound for the judgment of eternal death in hell because of our unrepentant sin. The Holy Spirit has come into this world with a ministry of conviction, and though it may be painful, His convicting work in the lives and hearts of sinners is exactly what we need to be saved. In point two, we see that the Holy Spirit guides toward truth. Again, we see that the Holy Spirit is not a downgrade from Jesus but rather a beneficial extension of Jesus' ministry. What Jesus could not teach the disciples because of their emotional limitations at the moment, the Spirit would communicate later, leading them into all the truth. And this wasn't just truth for the moment, but about what is to come. Perhaps we see this most clearly in the book of Revelation, that the Apostle John recorded for the benefit of all believers. John 16:14 states the pinnacle purpose of the Holy Spirit's work to glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit convicts sinners of their need for Jesus and helps believers to see their need for Jesus even more deeply. When we recognize who we are as sinners saved by grace and recognize Jesus as the one who laid down his life so we might receive that grace through faith, then we are compelled to glorify Jesus, our savior and our lord. This is the chief purpose of the Holy Spirit's work on earth. Point 2 looks at two different scripture passages. For the second, we look at 1 Corinthians 2.14, which makes plain the absolute necessity of the Holy Spirit for sinners to be saved. Apart from the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, the gospel of Jesus Christ hits our ears and our hearts as utter foolishness. But through the work of the Holy Spirit, sinners miraculously begin to see what once seemed foolish as instead the wisdom of God. We need the Holy Spirit for salvation, just as we need Jesus for salvation. And God sent them both, so that we might know His love and His grace, and come to Him in repentance and faith. In point three, we see that the Holy Spirit leads God's people. For this point, we turn to Romans 8. This chapter contrasts the two paths of life, living according to the flesh or living according to the Spirit. The flesh, in this context, is not so much the skin that we live in, but the sinful nature that we have inherited from Adam. With every choice we make to give in to temptation and sin, we are gratifying the desires of our flesh, as opposed to obeying our Creator God. In this, we are ratifying the decision our father Adam made in the Garden of Eden to eat of the forbidden fruit, and thus we prove that we are his children in the flesh, and reap the consequences of all sin. Verses 12-13 through 13 contrast the outcomes of these two paths. Life that accords with the flesh leads to death, as was the punishment prescribed for Adam and Eve. But life that accords with the Spirit will mean putting to death the sinful deeds of the body. And we do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the promise for this way of life is eternal life. We are not saved because we restrict ourselves from sin, but rather We will aim to cut ourselves off from sin because we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus and have the Holy Spirit in our lives. The key doctrine for this session highlights that the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christian begins with salvation, and that with the ministry of conviction, and then continues with the work of sanctification, which includes helping believers put to death the sinful deeds of the body. Furthermore, the Spirit leads us, strengthens us, and equips us for ministry in the church and the world. The final point to be made in this session is that being led by the Spirit is proof that we belong to God as His adopted children through faith in Jesus Christ. Our relationship to the Father is restored through the work of Jesus on the cross, dying for our sin in our place. But the experience and communication of that restored relationship with the Father is the fruit of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, As we live according to the Spirit, putting our sin to death and being conformed to the image of Christ more and more, then we are assured all the more that we are God's children. This isn't an easy experience, and it often can rightly be described as suffering, both internally and externally. Through the Spirit, we suffer with Jesus. But again, the end of this work by the Holy Spirit is eternal life. In which we are conversely glorified with Jesus, our resurrected Savior. After Jesus completed his work of paying for sin on the cross, he ascended and returned to be with the Father. And then he sent the Holy Spirit. The Spirit convicts people of sin and guides them to truth so that they might repent of sin and trust in Christ and be saved. The Spirit then continues ministering to believers by leading them and attesting to their newfound life in Jesus. Because we believers have been saved by God through the work of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we should seek to fulfill our mission of sharing the gospel, trusting not in our own power, but in the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit to change lives, both ours and those of others. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.